Blah, y'all already know what it is. Your boy Yakov, what it do? The outlet to reality, the oldest podcast in Vegas and Chicago. What up? This is the place where you want to hide from your drama or maybe hide from your baby mama. <laughs> Just kidding. But, anyways, fans, thank you for staying tuned. Don't forget to like, share, comment, and subscribe. Ching-ching. And today we have a very special guest who I consider a friend, a mentor, and he is a rabbi the best part he does a lot of outreach to the youth and college students give it up for rabbi israeli <laughs> how's it going rabbi <laughs> we're doing great we're doing great so so glad to be here thanks for having me how you doing tonight i'm doing good rabbi you know i just made it home so i was like Oh, I'm so happy to, to have you. You don't understand. It, it, I've been waiting for this moment to shine. You <laughs> see? Awesome. Awesome. I, I do want to share a little bit how we first met, Rabbi. Um, so I want to take it back to last year for Hanukkah. It was like your, the second or third lighting of the candle. And you had a big party. It was a lot of people, and I got to meet you, the family. And one thing that stood out for me, Rabbi, is that after the whole event, uh, I was walking out. You said to me, do you have a menorah at your house? I said, no, Rabbi, I don't. And you're like, look, I have an extra one. Here's a menorah. Here's some candles. Take one. And I thought that was very special because, you know, thought that was very nice. I, I I was like, man, now I can actually light it, you know, at my house. And from that moment on, I feel like we got along very well because within a month or two, um, you actually uh, reached out and said, hey, we let's go get some coffee, uh, you know, have a one on one and so I can get to know you more where you're from and so it was really nice because you know we were gonna talk for just 30 minutes ended up talking for an hour and a half at cafe express <laughs> that's how you yeah. know i passed <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. but um but rabbi um, that's awesome right and, and i want to thank you you know for reaching out because i think a lot of young people um they feel lost you know they don't know what direction to take and it's nice to have somebody who's willing to you know give a hand and um who is more spiritual that can see things that we know we need help with right and um mm -hmm. so I'm, I'm very grateful like i said rabbi and rabbi for you what was your any memory you have when we first met what was your first thought i saw someone i never met before so the one thing is make sure we if a new guest comes, we have to make sure they're comfortable, that they either if they know somebody, it's always good. If they're brand new, that they know they're just not feeling alone or okay the entire time. Uh, so we've tried to make sure that that uh, you're comfortable. It seemed like you knew some people anyway, so that was that was very good. And and I remember you said that that when you first came to Vegas to begin with. You were part, I think you had connected with Rabbi Fromwitz um, and probably the pandemic happened and a lot of, you know, uncertainties and confusion. And you still 
tr found your way to be connected through the cola or, or, or I guess uh, you found us, but you weren't like, okay, whatever, you know, then I guess it's not for me. And then it's going to go back when you weren't fully in, engaged yet. You still felt important that something will come up and I'll reconnect when it works and when it happens. And, you know, thank God it did. Awesome. Awesome. Rabbi. Very beautiful. And, and I, I want to say, you know, um, you know, it, it feels like a, a big movement because, you know, Kyle, Josh from the Moisha house, you know, we, we feel really comfortable being around you and to study with you every Monday, every other Monday. I'm not going to lie. You make one of the best steak with hot sauce, by the way, fans, my rabbi right here, the best hot sauce I've ever had in Vegas and homemade, by the way. <laughs> spicy, uh, spicy. In my bird, in my bird. <laughs> right. Rabbi, what's your, what's your secret? What's your secret when you make your hot sauce? I'm going to quote something my friend said many years ago. It said, um, sometimes the difference between you know, average food and better food is is finding the right recipes. <laughs> and it's it's fine. I you know, looked online and I, and I try to find things that work. I I manipulate a little bit myself. You know, I was getting more comfortable. You try to, you know, try to like you know branch out a little bit, but to find a good, you know, base baseline or basic recipe, then you can work from there. Uh, if you find a bad one, then you're gonna get, you know, things aren't as good, but. Uh, thank God I was able to find things that, that worked out and give you at least a uh, something to taste decent, you know. I love it. That was, that was a, a dope quote. I like it, Rabbi. And, and Rabbi, you know, I, I want my fans to know you more and and your your background. If you could share about, you know, where you're, both of your fa families from, your parents, and how you ended up in Vegas. So my, my parents are Israeli. They uh, got married, and they moved to America many bunch of years ago. Um, an older sister. Uh, we grew up traditional. Uh, around nine and a half, ten ish, started becoming more religious. I did through. I did the Nagila that we had in in, in New York. Uh, Jap Nagila, similar that they have here with Rabbi Locker. But uh, the different uh, same same program, but in New York, I think all of us went to Chabad. Israelis went to Chabad, go to Chabad, no matter where they are. Um, and I made the shift from public school to to uh, to yeshiva. Uh, definitely a change, definitely a adjustment. I went through a, a few years of of like a like a beginners elementary uh, school yeshiva for like kids that are transferring from public school to so get a bearing so it's not just throwing into a mainstream one and then i went to the mainstream one and then i went to a you know, jewish boys high school and and 12th grade the option was to do the the more base medrash learning style learning in the morning and then and then stop or do the whole day and then one of my rabbis said, like, you know, what are you going to do the rest of the day anyway? You know, you can you know, go home and, you know, uh, I think then people like, like video games or whatever it is, like, 
what are you going to do? Go home, watch movies? What are you going to do, buddy? Uh, play basketball? Like, uh, how much can you really fill your time? You have your friends here. You have uh, learning. And try it out. See what happens. See, give it a couple weeks and see how you like it. And I thought that was a reasonable thing. And then I tried it out. And it, it's, in a way, it does keep, if you want it to be, as with these changes, it can give you a sense of responsibility and stability and 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 being accountable accountable. Or you could just let it like, okay, whatever. I'm just here and I'm with my friends and it's a little riot, but and hope and I tried to be in more of the accountability side and I try my best, hopefully, you know, and uh, and went to Khabatzhaim after that, you know, there for many years. Uh, and I had gotten smicha already, um, and I was working in elementary school, so so it was part of a job listing, and then I got an email, and I was like, oh, Vegas, that's, that's nice. My wife won't want to go anyway. She doesn't want to move to Vegas. She has no interest in these type of things, and I just let her go. A week later, my wife asked me, oh, I saw, I saw this email from, from, from Vegas. Why well, look at it? I didn't think you'd want it. And, well, well, we'll look into it and say no. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, have, I had known Rabbi Cutler for, from Yeshiva anyway, when he was, when he was married. He, was, uh, he liked having guests, so I went to him probably once or twice a year for Shabbat dinner or something like that. And there was a short time I wanted to be uh, in law school, so he helped me study for the LSATs. He was uh, really very generous with that. Um, and so I, I recognized that she felt comfortable with interactions, um, and the experience was, was you know, pretty positive. Our first summer married, we came to Vegas for SEED. SEED was like a summer learning experience, um, depending on the community. Sometimes it would send married people, sometimes sending single single people, uh, men or women, depending what the needs are. Sometimes they have a camp and they're going with people in the community, whatever it is. So we, we came, my wife and I, to, to Vegas uh, because the rabbi went, goes on vacation to, to learn with, to study with some of the community members, to run classes or something like that. Um, so we've been in Vegas previously anyway. Uh, so it's not like we've never been to this community to begin with. As we saw the growth from 2014 to 2018, it was, it was very cool. And, you know, we're considering it and uh, discussing with my rabbis in New York. And we've came to the conclusion that if it's something that I feel comfortable doing and I'm excited about doing, obviously, anything you don't do without being excited about, you're not going to do well. And um, you know, God really helped my wife find a job very quickly. Um, CCSD has a has a large need for school psychologists, so it was, it was pretty simple. <laughs> and um, and we we came and we we make a difference in, in the greater J- Vegas community. And and uh, there are times we notice that, and it's very uplifting for ourselves to to see growth from 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 our students, from the community itself, um, from, our, from our own growth. It's, it's, um, there's, always, there's always where to find the inspiration. Wow. That's beautiful. It's, it's amazing how 
you said it, it took that one email and you asked your wife, like, hey, you think this is a good idea? No, no, no. And then next you know, you, you know, you're talking to your rabbis and you made this big change because New York, it gets cold. You know what I'm saying? And you move to the desert. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it gets hot. Too hot, Rabbi. Too we, hot. We came our first our, our pilot weekend was uh Memorial Day. So it was pretty hot, but not super hot yet. Then I came in mid-June to look at houses. It was hot. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I I came I came to pictures, took videos and sent to my wife to to, to look at. And my wife said the first time we came out of that plane late July. Well, we come out of the, the we come out of those doors on the catwalk to to, to for the pickup, right? To herself, why are they pumping the heat? <laughs> in New York, in the wintertime, you're in Chicago, so when you have like you have the Costco when you walk in and like the blowing hot air because it's like 20 degrees outside. So she thought they were doing something like, why are they pumping the heat? Like, oh no, this is the air. <laughs> the air is just 90 degrees. It's 10 30 at night. <laughs> right. It's uh it, it's a very, very different experience and reality than, than what you used to in New York, obviously. Um I'm I don't get as cold. Uh I'm I'm pretty good in, in terms of handling cold. So that wasn't a major issue. Uh my wife would joke that I would never wear coats unless it was uh, unless it was in the Single digits, you know. Uh, but uh, yeah, coming here, it's. I just tell people just drink. If you think you need to drink, drink. If you don't think you have to drink, drink. And drink some more and drink again. Just keep on drinking and you'll be fine. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, man. That's a good one, Rabbi. And, and Rabbi, yeah. I, I want to know so if you can explain more about like, what you and Rabbi Color do, because you guys are like a team. Like, like I said, right. you guys are like a double force. If you could explain to people are, you know, trying to and trying to get connected, this is your moment to shine. You know, uh, if you want to spill the beans, you <laughs> see. Oh, the secret sauce. Uh, so, as someone that became more integrated into. Jewish, I guess, more religious life when I was was nine, ten years old. What I remember the hardest transitions, the hardest learning curves was language. And I'm a Hebrew speaker from home, but the language was still very difficult. Like this getting used to more Hebrew in terms of written text in front of you. American. For Israelis, it's very different because they're used to being comfortable with the, with that with the, the Torah uh, Torah language the the Sidor language just being comfortable with it around you so just just get used to that that's one thing that I remember second thing I remember is following the guidelines of the, the laws and the halacha when you don't know what's going on I remember like the first time I was doing in Shmonesra, I had no clue what was going on. So I had the scissor open. Okay, I see all these kids next to me with the scissor open. And then turning pages. Okay, fine. I'm seeing, reading the words and turning pages. At one point, kid goes like this. It's his chest twice. Okay, I guess I'm going to chest twice. I'm like 10 years old. No clue what's going on. 
But again, this is what they do. They bow down. Like I'm trying to f- navigate this by myself because it was my first time, and 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 trying to navigate and trying to realize what's going on. And I knew I was a kid, so it was a little, it's a little simpler. But as an adult, I can imagine when you, even if you're just interested, there's so many changes. You need. You need the guidance on those on those individual individual levels, individual steps, the philosophy difference, and the and the outlook and the hashkafa and the principles and, and that that's also going to have to be a, an adjustment. But just like, I, I want to eat normally. What do I do? What can I eat? What can I eat? I get all these questions. Like, and part of our job. If even for the person that's involved, that wants to, that wants to grow, wants to learn, is getting them comfortable so that doesn't become overwhelming. Part of our job, also for the person that that's going slower, is to give them the better choices. Where, you know, right now I have in front of me something kosher, not kosher. I want the reasons to eat the kosher food. To be more stronger, and they can make the right choice at the right time. I don't want them to think, "Well, my rabbi told my told me to. I have to do that." That's, uh, I'm not making the choice. I want them them, them to make the choice. Um, so when when Rabbi Color and I try to either for teaching Torah or having a discussion, it's it's not like I'm trying to make someone's light switch or whatever it is if it happens that's 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 great but we're we're teaching we're educating we're opening up the, the options that were never available if you never had the option to eat kosher you had the option to have a shabbat we offer that and sometimes it's through class Sometimes through a one-to-one class, sometimes through inviting for Shabbat, sometimes through, like you said, taking sugyas. Not everyone had a learning Gemara opportunity when they're 15 years old in high school. So we offer that as an option. And not everyone learned what is the correct of the or, or a correct story of Purim. We do that around Purim time once a year. And when you have a better sense of this is what the Judaism that I was told about, well, what I thought it was Judaism was dipping apple in honey and then four questions on Pesach and then lighting candles on Hanukkah and that's it. And maybe hearing Shofar, Rosh Hashanah, like that, that, that's your, all your Judaism, then okay, what's, what's the big deal? But if you're, it's more than that, like, oh, maybe I should reconsider. So that's part of what we try to do in, 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 in our various uh, opportunities and also sometimes people need the more immersive experience either through trips or, or going to yeshiva or seminary for a week two three whatever it is month um, and then you're not like learning and then go back to your life running back to your life you're I want to absorb as much as I can in this one month in this two weeks, in these two weeks, in this whatever it is, and it makes a such a larger difference in the relationship with 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 Judaism and with Hashem. And 
it can like okay this is more part of my life and again those choices become become more real they become more then you can understand the weight between the two choices in front of you not just oh this is what i always did and and that's you know then if you want to call the secret sauce that's uh, the, the main thing we try to do is give better choices and to uh, and and we trust that the people that want to grow have the opportunity to do so and they'll choose the right day wow that was so deep rabbi that's so deep i gotta say you know what you and Rabbi Cutler are doing, it, it's so phenomenal because you guys, a lot of years together, right? A lot of Jewish people, all walks of life that are maybe observing, maybe not, or um, on the path of um, to grow, right? And I got to say, one experience that was one of the best ones, I, I got to say, you had a little matzo party. And Rabbi Colors, it was like probably last week, right? I think like a week mm -hmm. ago, Rabbi. Yeah. And, you know, we're, this is cool, by the way. If anyone wants to try it, get aluminum foil, get a matzah, and put, uh, what's it called? Like sauce, like the pizza sauce and cheese. So good. Just put it in the oven, not 10 seconds, maybe like five or five minutes. It'll get nice and it's just so delicious. And, and having matzah, that was like a whole nother level. But the thing that stood out was uh, one of the students at your event, um, he was venting to me. He was sharing a lot that he was going through. And I I was just listening, right? And he was just saying, man, life is hard, you know, care of my family and, and you know, have a lot of things I'm juggling. And I'm just listening. Right now, it's good that you, you know, you're doing something like this with a group of people that are uh, positive because you're going to take their energy. And this is a nice way to leave your own reality for a second and to just focus at the moment. And you're, you know, you're meeting new people and for the first time a real authentic conversation with with my brother right this is the first time this is the second time i ever met this the student dude you know he was like can i give you a hug because i feel better i said yeah for sure and he gave me a hug and we move i moved to the table and i'm sitting down and josh is next to me and the student he shared something he's like he said, why, why bad things happen to good people? And that's a famous quote from, I mean, that's, he, he's not the first one to say, you already know Moshe Rabbeinu came up with that quote way before. But I told him a story, you know, there's a story of Job, right? In Hebrew, you know, it's different, but I, I made it short where he had a lot of wealth. He had a family. And Hashem took everything away. And at the end, you know, of the story, he got more double portion of wealth and a new family. And I said, what can we take out of that, right? And I said to him, you know, Job, 
you know, even though that's not his real name, but I but I'm in English because it's easier to to mm-hmm. explain. I said, God, Hashem, basically mission in life or purpose, and we're still looking for it. And but we all are different in different ways. And I said, you know what's the the crazy end of the story about Job? And he goes, What? I said, and I said, this is a fun game. I'm gonna share with you, but I said, Do you know why his name was Job? And he goes, No, I don't know. <laughs> and I told him, because he's the man to do the job, meaning that you're the man to do the job. Whatever you're facing, you're the man to do it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I can't fight your battles, <laughs> man, to do it. And next to me, he goes, Josh goes, David, Yaakov, you should be a rabbi. He said, he said, you should be a rabbi. And I said, brother, I'm not there yet. You know, I, I have to, I, I'm not, I'm not on that level yet. You know, uh, rabbi Israeli, he's the head of the game. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm still in the, you know, my tricycles. You know what I'm saying? I'm still, I'm still trying to reach it. <laughs> But it, it was a story that I had to share with you, Rabbi, because, you know, I had the moment to just not say anything or not engage. And I I took the initiative to know, you know. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. And uh, part of helping people is recognizing a need and acting on it. And, uh, chesed is, at least from my observation, it's uh, Recognizing a a need, assessing how you can help, and then doing it. Wow! Yeah, if, if a person's in the, with the capacity of helping, so you recognize a person is uh, feeling a little down, feeling a little, you know, unsettled, and you heard him out, and you, to that's one way of helping, just being an ear, and you're also uh, amount of of reassurance. So there you go. So, um, and that's part of also what we want to try to educate our students is it being a positive Jewish person doesn't is beyond following the law, being the checkbox of following the laws of Shabbat and following the laws of kosher and following the laws of prayers. It, it, those are amazing things to do, but it's more than just being a robotic person that does it. It's interacting in a positive way and being being a a positive force internally and externally. Um, and helping and doing chesed is is one of the tenets of Judaism in general. But it's uh, something that uh, we are we view our mission surrounding that as well, where we're we're helping just just like you're helping somebody who doesn't have food or money. Some people don't have don't don't have spirituality in the life, whether it's whether it's the way they grew up or choices or whatever it is. But they didn't have that didn't have that foundation, and I'm I'm a recipient of that. I I didn't have that. I had parts of it. A traditional Israeli home does have parts of that. They have elements, but the but. But uh, the same way you go to a friend for seeing Shabbat, like, oh, wow, this is what Shabbat looks like. And that's what we provide. We try to be doing because we want to give. 
We're going to give the education. We're going to give the beauty of Shabbat. We're going to give the beauty of what you know, Judaism really is, and 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 getting close to Hashem. It's it's not a chore, and it's not a hard thing to do. It's something that is really uplifting and and, and beautiful. I love the Rabbi. That was really deep, really deep, Rabbi. And, and Rabbi, um, you know, one last thing before we wrap it up, real quick. One thing that we can take from this partial this week what would it be yeah. rabbi so the this week's partial discusses um the later half of it talked about the tsaras and leprosy and the, the, the at least the tsaras affliction but the beginning the first you know the first very small part of it discusses childbirth and discusses the mitzvah of a pridila breast and, and ideally, uh, in a regular, an average situation, you're supposed to do it the eighth day. So the, um, the Raubag is a commentary who um, is an interesting early commentary, sometimes more like a more like a practical um, overview of, of certain things. So he discusses the, the mitzvah of, of Prismil. He says, why in the eighth day? So I mean, he goes through the other variants, right? So the other options could be immediate, right? Or mitzvah, right? Because it's a mitzvah. Or, or one month when they're um, just like the pidyon, right? So one month is to ensure it's a viable baby, right? Those are three other options. Eight days seem, eight days seem to be just a random date and thrown in there. So it says 13, it would be pretty painful. It's, it's, it's actually pretty painful for, for, for a, effectively an a adolescent and older to get a bris as, and we you know physically and uh, we know by, motion, uh, by Avraham, I mean, he, was, he was 99, but it's, it's painful. So we don't want to. We want. We don't want to do unnecessary. We want the system to be painful. Obviously, some people have to do it later in life because they didn't have it when they were younger. But, but in terms of the way the laws should be orchestrated, on regularly. So that's too. That's off. That's off. Okay. When they're newborn, one day old, they're too fragile. They're too weak. They're too. It's just newborn. It's going through the birth. It's 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 not safe, so to speak. You can't. Or be, or be, I guess, within the realm of miracles that that we, Hashem doesn't create a system where you have to just do miracles all the time. So it would just be unsafe and, and unhealthy for the baby as a newborn. So do one month, one month as we just like a pigeon has to be a viable baby, so relatively viable stage, and then and then do a bris. So he said that the, by then the the love and the compassion for the baby would make it difficult to perform the mitzvah without a sense of, of withholding. When you want to do a mitzvah, you want to do it with enthusiasm, you want to do it with excitement, you want to do it because you want to perform the mitzvah. You don't want to perform the mitzvah and have like, ah, it's going to hurt the baby. So eight days, apparently God knows how humans work, obviously, that eight days that cut off where the average person can still give it their all. After eight days, it becomes harder emotionally to fully be fully invested. You'll do it. You have to do it anyway. But 
but eight days, the average person can can give it their all. And I'm just thinking, like, imagine you know a family waiting a few years to get have a child, and they don't want their child to get hurt, but all of us can really perform in the mitzvah to to that level and to do perfectly in theory because we all we're capable with the capacity to dedicate to to do a mitzvah because we want to do a mitzvah of Hashem. After that becomes a little harder, then Hashem doesn't want to put a situation where we where it's impossible or it's too difficult. Here's that that perfect line that you're still able to perform with without any with without being without any questions in mind. So just finding the the how it's how it's perfectly balanced that even the mitzvah of bris milah is perfectly balanced to ensure that it's performed beautifully. Ooh, Rabbi, that was deep. That was that was, I love it. I love it. You brought the cherry in the pie. So look, I I gotta wrap it up real quick. Yeah, uh, yeah I'm, I'm happy you're here, guys. This is the outlet to reality. The oldest podcast in Vegas and Chicago every Tuesday. Don't forget to uh, like, share, comment, and subscribe. Y'all know where to find me. I'm on Instagram, YouTube, um, Spotify, the outlet to reality. My Snapchat is take one pass it. And my TikTok is at Yakov28. And Rabbi Israeli, where can my fans find you? Um, I, I, I do have an Instagram. It's look it up again what it is sorry <laughs> <laughs> i'm not super involved in it but we we do intend at some point to um to create um l edi underscore lvje uh, but we do intend at one point to make Something either maybe on Twitch or something on, on when I start preparing for Shabbat, maybe you're cooking or something like that. Uh, that's something in the if if I have if I or, or, organize myself to see uh, kosher cooking or whatever it is. So it's something that uh, down the pipe, hopefully. <laughs>